Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In 1975, he directed Jaws. In 1978, he directed Close Encounters of the Third Kind. In 1981, he directed Raiders of the Lost Ark. And now, Steven Spielberg brings us E.T., the Extraterrestrial. We will witness the arrival the search, the desertion, the fear, the discovery, the friendship. I'm keeping you. The secret, the love. Hey there, and welcome to Rewatchability. We're the podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see how they hold up over time and to interrogate them with our modern eyes. <laughs> My name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is RL. Okay, Robert. Robert Laron. That's good. And. Well, I feel like I'm doing a bit now, but my name is always Jam. <laughs> or are you an alien? You might be an alien. Uh, I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's the movie we're doing. We're doing that movie. on the... No, uh, we are doing E.T. This is a huge movie. Wait, that... you didn't say the full title. The Extraterrestrial <laughs> by Steven Spielberg. William Shakespeare's E.T. <laughs> Originally, it was E.T., The Extraterrestrial, and His Adventures on Earth. With Elliot, that's like how those. <laughs> oh, really? Look like on the on the poster, and how I learned oh, yeah. to love the bomb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We are doing a big one this week. Which just take that sound clip out of context. It's going to be bad for me in the future. Uh, but we're we're doing a big movie this week because it's our four hundredth episode. Whoa! We've done four hundred of these MFs. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> are you sure that you can count? I uh, it it definitely threw that into question. <laughs> I looked at the numbers on the screen. This is four hundred. Wow, we did uh, three hundred two years ago, which follows. <laughs> if my math is correct, uh, but that was Goonies. So we did a big movie from our childhoods, and this is this is likewise a huge movie from from our childhood. Absolutely, a huge uh, movie in general. Yeah. It, yes. Yes. Rob, when did you first see this movie? Okay, so I have a bit of a confession. <laughs> no, no, not E.T. too. I did not see E.T. when I was a child. Wait, when did you see E.T.? I saw it later. I, wa- I found a VHS copy on the road. and <laughs> Was it in your shed and like you went out to check on the noise? <laughs> Something like that. I was in the shed. <laughs> 
did you find it in a stash of old porno? Like, what is this? <laughs> well, I, I, I did find the, you know, I found it on the curb. Somebody had put it out. And I, I don't think that I saw E.T. when I was a kid. We were more of a You're Mac like, and me family. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I love Mac and me. Do you guys want to talk about that? One of the original titles for this was E.T. and me as well. Yeah, that's so. where they got the title for <laughs> Mac and me. They, it was literally the garbage of another movie. <laughs> well, apparently E.T. was the garbage of Mac and me for Rob. But so. I did have very strong memories about this movie because I did have the read-along book with the cassette tape. Oh which was narrated by Drew Barrymore. And I listened to that over and over again. So when I first watched E.T. a couple of years ago, like I had all these like very visceral memories of like those those lines of dialogue and also Drew Barrymore narrating things. <laughs> wait, wait. When did she narrate it? When she was a child or when she was older? I, I think she was a child. Okay. <laughs> Russell Child imitation is really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, you hadn't seen it. She was the... still doing adult drugs. <laughs> sure. No, that's not. Uh, you, you saw it when you were an adult then. Yeah, I did. Oh, Presumably and... on those drugs. <laughs> I definitely was. I also should say that I played the E.T. Atari game. Whoa, we really? We had that. And uh, it it ruined my life. <laughs> It was so hard. I my my self esteem after playing that game was destroyed. I was like, I just don't understand. I just get stuck in this hole. I can't get out of the hole. I don't know how to make ET do these things. <laughs> what were you doing, K? It's <laughs> crazy. Um, that, you know who else had their life ruined by the ET game? <laughs> Everyone who made the ET game. Yeah, <laughs> it was notoriously like the worst game ever made. Right? It was. It they, was like the Ishtar of games. They buried it in the desert. <laughs> Yeah, which was an old wives' tale for a long time, and then there was a doc that actually like tracked those ET Atari games yeah. down. You know, I downloaded it. It's on Amazon, and I was going to watch it before this podcast, yeah. and then I, I didn't do that. That's fair. Actually, I think I may have watched it already. I can't remember, but actually, I did some reading about it. So, like the, the reason, well that, that movie. <laughs> yeah, the reason why it was so uh, bad was because the same guy who made it made Raiders of the Lost Ark and showed it to Spielberg, and he was like, "That's amazing. I love it." make the ET game, but then they were, like, back and forth on the rights and, like, negotiating right. a deal. So finally they worked out a deal and went back to the same guy and were like, okay, great. You had 10 months to do Raiders of the Lost Ark. You have five weeks to make <laughs> ET. So I guess we just won't have an ending. Oh, man. And that guy is now a therapist. <laughs> He's not in the video game business anymore. Well, it's probably because he had to go to therapy after that and was like, you do a good job. Like, I want your job. <laughs> oh, God. What do you think's wrong with me, Dr. Mario? <laughs> More pills. Yeah. <laughs> Take two of these sideways and call me in the morning. <laughs> it's a suppository then. <laughs> What about you, Jam? When did you first see this movie? I saw it as a child, for God's sake. Like everybody else in the world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I saw Mac and Me, too, but <laughs> not first. There's only one alien for me. I saw this movie when I was a kid because uh, I feel like all of us, we were a little young for it. Like, we missed yeah. it in theaters, obviously. Definitely. yeah. But it was... Came a year before we were born. Yeah, it still had that residual popularity, so like... This was the only VHS tape that my grandmother owned. Oh. Other than, like, I guess my grandfather had, like, a dwarf tape with Tim Conway. Uh, I've seen that tape. Yeah, so I've seen that a lot, but I've, I've seen E.T. more because, because of that. And it was never, like, 
my absolute favorite, maybe because I associated it with I have to watch this because <laughs> she, also didn't, she also didn't have cable. Yeah, it was Batterdorf. So, and I also remember being like really freaked out as soon as the like NASA guys come. Yeah, which I know we'll talk about. It's but, a terrifying scene. Yeah, and you know when I re I rewatched it like a few years ago when it came out on Blu-ray and. I'm thinking, oh, I was so foolish to be freaked out about that when I was a kid. I watched it and I was like, oh, no, it, it, they shoot that like a horror movie. Yeah. But, yeah. I hate NASA. <laughs> so I think I've seen the beginning, like the first two-thirds, hundreds of times, and the climactic emotional ending probably like once or twice because I was so scared of, of the U.S. government. <laughs> but you didn't become like you're not wearing tin, your tinfoil hat right now, you know? You're, you're pretty good. No, it's they laid it all out there. You know, okay. <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah. No, so I always like, I always liked it. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, I, I did watch it a few years ago, and 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 still liked it. And uh, we'll we'll get into that, I'm sure. But wh- mm. what about you? When did you see it? It was kind of one of those movies that was always around. Like I never remember the first time watching it, but I remember subsequent times, like just watching it on VHS on my TV at home, and it being a movie where like I was young enough to watch it on my own. As like it was kind of a scary movie that I could watch on my own. Like I remember that because it was a kids' movie, but I remember that that being kind of the first kids' movie that really terrified me in a right. way. Like this is the design of ET too. Kind of, and his screaming, yeah. like the yodeling he does from another dimension, I, that scared me. So, yeah, there was a lot of creepiness to it, especially like when you first see E.T. and the mist in the back and they're right. like ki- coyotes are out here. And you're like, what? <laughs> that what is Peter Coyote. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so I, I – and I loved – I mean I loved every movie with aliens in it when I was a kid. I was obsessed with aliens and obsessed with NASA and space and all that stuff. So, yeah, I loved this movie when I was a kid and so I was very interested to rewatch it and see if it – See, like, what parts of it didn't hold up? Right. Because it is one of the most lauded movies ever made. Right. It seems wrong to criticize it. Yeah, and I you think know? a lot of people don't want to criticize it, but this is part of the Silver podcast. will get you. Yeah. <laughs> this is part of rewatchability, so let's look at this. We're like... here to cancel E.T. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag cancel E.T. All Actually, right. you know what? I yeah. said that as a joke, but we're going to get into some things. I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, really? We're not that far off. Oh, no. <laughs> E.T. might get me too by the end of this podcast. <laughs> this is all I'm saying. His glowing little fingers. Are... E.T. me too <laughs> Well, there was a uh, – do you guys remember this toy? Because there were a lot of toys. And I feel like I had E.T. toys because – like I said, it was like kids a little older than us played with them, and I got a lot yeah. of toys secondhand. Like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so I had toys, and there was like one of the famous like you know epic fail toys that you see on the internet and stuff is the ET glowing finger. You guys see this? <laughs> no. It's basically a dildo. It's just, it's <laughs> and I say basically, it's literally a dildo. <laughs> That's perfect, <laughs> but with the ET branding. Oh my god, <laughs> That's awesome. A lot of people got a lot more grown up with that E.T. toy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oof. Uh, <laughs> um, Rob, why don't you take us through, uh, run us down, E.T. I don't know if I can now. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to be thinking about that glowing finger, eh? That probe. <laughs> Ouch. Can't have an alien movie without the probing. So, E.T., it starts with this ship 
descending into the forest, and these creatures. We don't see them very well. It's very dark. They seem like they're small, and they, they're doing something. They're checking out something. They take wildlife samples. They take a little tree, mm-hmm. which is kind of shitty because now that tree won't protect us from global warming and shit. <laughs> they're just warming up the earth. Let's <laughs> imagine the emissions that the, that spaceship is putting in the atmosphere. It runs off coal. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, ETs. <laughs> And well, it seems like they're just you know checking things out. It's a little short vacation, but this truck sort of drives up and startles them, and they all head back to their thing. And they've got these like glowing chest dealies. <laughs> they're like living jack o' lanterns a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And it seems to be like a beacon, like you know, being like you know, get back on the ship. But one of these creatures can't get on the ship. Yeah, a and slow. it takes off without him, and he's. Left behind. Mm. Mm. Kirk like, Cameron style. <laughs> Home Alone for Aliens. Yeah. yeah. Also in this story, we have a little boy named Elliot. Elliot. <laughs> and we see him and his family. He's like the middle child. He has an older brother and a younger sister, the aforementioned Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. And they're having like a tough time right now because, well... There's been a split in their family. Mm-hmm. The dad has uh, left. He's off in Mexico with his new girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, and the kids seem to know more about it than the mom, which I guess is I like, probably happened. true yeah. to a divorced family. Because if they, yeah, if they, yeah. are seeing their dad on weekends, then you know, right, yeah. Not this weekend. He's in Mexico. Yeah. (laughs) Damn it. But all these kids are, you know, they're playing around. They're having, they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Makes them pretty cool. (laughs) It does make them cool. (laughs) But uh, they, they're not letting little Elliot play, and uh, he's all distraught, and he just wants to be included. This is kind of the first thing I noticed about ET in this first scene. So much Stranger Things uh, like lifted from ET. What? Well, obviously, obviously, (laughs) but like. It just, I don't know. I thought they, like, stretched out to other movies in later seasons, but that first season is just all... I, you know, I had the same thought, not because uh, I d- didn't think that Stranger Things was derivative, because it absolutely is, but because yeah. I, I don't watch E.T. as much. Exactly. it's not horror. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But especially, like, later when Elliot's in danger and his mom is freaking out, like, that is so... Yeah. Strangely. And I'd forgotten, you know, sort of that aspect. I think of sort of the happy parts of mm-hmm. E.T. for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I was forgetting that it does get into some dark stuff that show shamelessly copied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, while he's going out to get the pizza, he hears a noise and he goes to check it out and he sees something. But he doesn't know what it is. And he freaks out. He runs back, he tells everybody about it. And he's like... Oh, I saw something, like a goblin or something. <laughs> they don't believe him. Coyotes come back again, Mom. Okay, party's over. Everybody back inside. Hurry up. Quick, hurry up. Tyler, give me that knife. Oh, great. Nice one, Elliot. It was an accident. A pizza. Yeah, accident. Who said you guys could order a pizza, huh? Uh, him. I, I, but... Huh? In the house. You geek, man. Break. No, they don't. The kids are in the kitchen playing this Dungeons and Dragons. The mom is like cooking dinner. And I found a really weird scene where this one kid tries to like 
put his finger on the mom's butt. Did you did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it was very weird. I don't know what was going on there. The finger wasn't glowing. Uh, that was the first <laughs> thing that was wrong with it. There's also a scene later where there's a bunch of kids waiting for the bus, and one of the kids is talking, and I'm pretty sure he's like also touching himself at the same time. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you're bored waiting for the bus. You know What are you going to do? <laughs> you don't have a cell phone yet. It's like that scene in uh, Back to the Future 3. Where one of Doc's kids keeps like, <laughs> yeah, that's right, pointing to his crotch, <laughs> and no one noticed for thirty years. <laughs> oh my god, kids, don't put them in movies. <laughs> but I did, you know, when I watched it a few years ago, I watched it after just having a kid, and like I saw this whole first part way more through the mom's eyes, right? right. And it's like a really, re- I feel like a lot of other movies of this time kind of write off the parents. They're just kind of silly or not really fully fleshed out characters that kind of, you know, mostly just have off screen lives. But here I very mm-hmm. much felt, uh, you know, I felt for the mom for sure. And I, I, I was in her, you know, and she just seemed stressed out and tired. Oh, that, yeah. That Halloween scene where she's like all alone in her house. Yeah. Oh my like, God. Yeah. So sad. It, it was so sad. Yeah. That was really, yeah. It was really rough. I cared more about like her life than if E.T. got back <laughs> on his ship. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope she meets somebody nice, you know? Right? She deserves it. <laughs> but Elliot is determined to find out what this thing is, so he goes back out at night. He sort of tries to lure it out by uh, spreading a whole bunch of Reese's Pieces out throughout the woods. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would work for me. <laughs> I do like Reese's Pieces. They're fucking yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, all Elliot gets is ants. You're like, damn it. Why, why did I put so much candy That's how out? you get ants. <laughs> you know, what's the story behind that? Because I didn't look it up for the podcast, but wasn't it like they wanted M&Ms or something and the yeah, M&M M&M people M&Ms, said no? It's still M&Ms in the book, in the, which we'll talk about later. Uh, right, yeah, but, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, they went to the Mars Corporation. Mars was like, no, we don't want to give you... <laughs> we won't associate Mars with aliens. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, why did they say no? Because they couldn't read the script. Uh, they oh. weren't allowed... <laughs> Sorry, uh, they weren't allowed to read the scripts because it was so protected and Spielberg right. thought he was Kubrick. And so... He wouldn't let that happen. and But uh, the uh, Reese, I think, who owns Reese? <laughs> there is a real Reese? Yeah, just, this is, yeah, Mr. Reese. Yeah, Reese Smith. Uh, and he, he, Suck my pieces. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. They were totally fine with, with not reading the script, and uh, they didn't even get to see a rough cut. They uh, put a million dollars into advertising for Reese's Pieces three weeks before leading up to E.T., and they tripled their profit on nice. Reese's Pieces. I, you just picture, like, the president of the Reese's Corporation <laughs> going on opening night and the movie's just like E.T. likes it when we put these candies up his butthole. (laughs) No, why did... No! Spielberg! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. There there are some people that are like, arg, Spielberg because of this movie, which we'll get into after the break. Yeah. Yeah. But so E.T., I mean, Elliot brings E.T. home and he sort of like shows him a little bit about what it's like Life on Earth, mm-hmm. what life on Earth is like. <laughs> he teaches them about superhero toys, or not superhero toys. Teaches them about Star Wars toys. Yeah, yeah. Oh. teaches them about other. Yeah, teaches them about uh, movies. Yeah. cross marketing. <laughs> See, Stephen's friend George did this movie. 
There are multiple instances of uh, like Star Wars being promoted. There's even Star Wars music in the part where we see Yoda. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah well, yeah. I mean, it is the same guy, too, composing the score. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, yeah I sure. mean, he. yeah, he probably thought, like, he didn't think this will be a fun nod. He thought, oh, here's 30 seconds where I don't have to come up with <laughs> a new melody. Spielberg! <laughs> well, he also, fist. did you guys ever read this theory? Because there's a scene in uh, The Phantom Menace in the oh sorry is that no your, yeah no, that's good yeah yeah well just the universes are connected yeah the there's a scene of Phantom Menace where the ET people are in the Senate which is just like a dumb throwaway joke but yeah. then yeah this prompted this whole fan I probably wrote about it this yeah. prompted this whole theory about how uh, yeah people thought it was a shared universe and that ET was recognizing Yoda from uh, which is insane because that would have meant that George Lucas like uncovered artifacts from a galaxy far, far away and then wrote the story into a movie which then played in – it's just insane. Yeah. It, like the the mental gymnastics you have to go through to make that work is crazy. Maybe E.T. didn't come from space. Maybe he came from a movie universe like Jeff Daniels and the Purple Rose of Cairo. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. You're really defending this yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, indefensible. it's indefensible. Jeff. Who would win in a fight, though? Yoda, E.T. Come on. The Force versus whatever the fuck E.T.'s doing. <laughs> E.T. has self-healing powers. He's Is like that Wolverine. the Force? <laughs> oh. I don't, yeah, maybe. Sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> maybe he has the Force. Maybe he's a... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A Jedi. Yeah. Eventually, Elliot shows his brother, E.T., and then also Drew Barrymore's character, Gertie, meets E.T., mm-hmm. And they have a nice, like, you know, she. it's nice to see them interacting. She has – she's the, the, the person who's able to, like, easiest totally. play with this puppet. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's, like, the heart of the film, too. Like, Elliot is, too. He's, like – but it's weird because he also becomes, like, the stakes of the film, too, because he gets sick because he, he – so, yeah. so like, people have to rescue him, but he's – it's, it's, a, it's a cool little movie that way. But I, I – she definitely represents, like, the more emotive side of E.T. And, and the more innocence of the movie because mm-hmm. she's the youngest, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And while Elliot fakes being sick so he doesn't have to go to school the first day that E.T.'s there, he can't pull that off the second day. So he just has to go to school. Right. And he sort of leaves E.T. alone to do whatever. So E.T. <laughs> does what I do when I don't have anything to do during the day. He have smokes a, few a blunt. Beers. Oh, okay. <laughs> beers, beers. Yeah. I I don't remember this from the movie. I think this must have been cut out from recording it off of TV. That ET drinks beers because <laughs> I just remember Elliot releasing the frogs and like acting weird. They but, might have cut it out for yeah. a TV broadcast. Uh, yeah, and I think they did because I never knew why Elliot behaved that strangely. Right. Like when I went back, I was like, oh, ET got drunk and Elliot got drunk. Like I didn't understand that. Until now, until today, <laughs> felt like an idiot, guys. Felt like an idiot. I guess it makes sense because E.T. is kind of like you know the surrogate father fi- figure for Elliot, right? Yeah. yeah, you know, he's just home having a few beers in the middle of the day <laughs> watching TV. That's what that's what all dads do, right? <laughs> You're the only dad here. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it, I. It was interesting that uh, yeah that they have that effect that they're mm-hmm. connected and uh, he. He gets drunk. He's in the classroom, and they do dissect the frogs. Or they're about to. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, of course, he has a really cool substitute teacher that day, Harrison <laughs> Ford. <laughs> right. Well, no, Harrison Ford is the principal. 
Oh, is he not the voice though? He he does the voice of the teacher. Yeah. Oh, he does. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's also he plays the principal in that deleted scene. Right. Yeah. Which I'm sure we'll talk. Yeah, about. Yeah, that he screams at Elliot for. Okay, boys and girls, today we will be doing the actual frog dissection for which we've been preparing, and you will find many similarities. As you get into the dissection, you will discover that the anatomy... But Elliot doesn't want to dissect the frog because, you know, he has like a greater sense of life now that he's connected to E.T., it seems like. And so he decides now that his heart is, you know, realizing all these things to free the frogs. And he convinces everyone to free the frogs. But now we know he was just drunk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, free those frogs, man. Yeah, free the fucking frogs. And then there's another questionable in- incident where E.T.'s watching this movie at home and on the screen, this woman's rushing out of the house and the man pulls her back and kisses her. And yeah, then and he- E.T. gets an erection, which is the weirdest part. No, that's, that's a deleted <laughs> scene too. But he he somehow makes or suggests for Elliot to do this to a little girl and not only to like – Kiss somebody without permission, but also to like step on some kid to do it. <laughs> That's questionable. Yeah, it's a weird scene. It's directed really well, though. I well, thought of it was course, a it's directed cool... very well. It's Steven Spielberg. No, but it's like a really cool image. It's a really beautiful image. Oh, anyway, it's kind of creepy. I'm <laughs> Steven Spielberg's like, then these children kiss. <laughs> oh, the aliens making them. <laughs> Oh you wouldn't God. understand. He's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, leave me alone. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels like movie magic when he does it. <laughs> <laughs> they sell it, yeah. Yeah. They do sell it, the movie. Yeah. And then also Drew Barrymore teaches E.T. a bunch of stuff, like words, and E.T. Mm-hmm. learns how to speak. He has a speaking spell. He has a speaking spell. He learns the same way we all learned to speak. (laughs) Did you guys have speaking spells? I thought you meant from Drew Barrymore. (laughs) (laughs) Narrating the story. I did have a a speaking spell. I didn't didn't, have a speaking spell. They were pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm jealous. Did you talk to aliens with yours? No. No. Did you? No. We should have had Anne Heche on the show. (laughs) I think I still probably have it somewhere. Do you? Yeah, I should have brought it. They're probably worth like, I don't know, maybe. They're probably not worth anything. They're weight in pe- gold. I think people use them for like sampling and songs and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Know. Like you could probably sell it to Radiohead or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But he, he while he's watching the TV, he gets the, E.T. gets the idea to build a communicator out of the thing. And so he starts sort of putting that together mm-hmm. and then he sort of explains to them that he wants to try to phone home and to communicate so uh, Elliot and his brother grab all this crap from their dad's garage right he ain't gonna be using it anyway not Mexico, Mexico. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they uh, that dad is never coming back by the way <laughs> no <laughs> that dad never returns in the movie he's gone to Mexico those kids will see him when they're like 27 well it plays with his absence so strongly you know like yeah. uh, like Tennessee Williams the glass menagerie does the same thing <laughs> 
but obviously he's he's a presence without being there and also like elliot yeah like you said like et becomes a father figure but also like every all the males become father figures to him like peter coyote strangely becomes a father figure to him yeah what what is this movie about (laughs) because like i mean thematically because it is he et comes and is kind of the surrogate surrogate father figure yeah and but then in the ET, in the end ET has to leave and Elliot has to be okay with it so is the message of the movie that he should be okay that his dad went to, to Mexico. Mexico with you know some 25 year old this sounds like a personal story from Mr. Steven Spielberg himself <laughs> <laughs> you see kids daddy just has to go <laughs> well okay well let's talk about this for a minute cuz i didn't want to talk about this cuz there's obviously this weird thing in Spielberg movies yeah, where the theme. dad is always leaving. Yeah. And especially in these early movies, the theme is that the dad leaves and it's okay. Like in, like I said, it's kind of metaphorically okay at the end of this movie. Yeah. And in a movie like Close Encounters where – Actively supposed to cheer on a dad as he just abandons his family because <laughs> aliens. Space. Yeah, like what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that he is saying something about accepting when people can't be in your lives or choose not to be in your lives. Yeah, I, th- I think it's more from the perspective of. I mean, not in Close Encounters, but in E.T., it's more from the perspective of the kid, obviously. And so I think it's about not the kid not having control over what's happening to him and uh, allowing that to be OK. Whereas, like, yeah, it's definitely more questionable in Close Encounters because like, yeah. from the guy's <laughs> perspective, when he's like, don't worry, let him go. And you're like, no, 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 he has responsibilities, sir. <laughs> I also I don't I, I don't know that much about it, but I feel bad for Steven Spielberg's real dad. Because right. from what I understand, his parents – like his dad didn't abandon them. His parents divorced. I think because his mom hooked up with his dad's like best friend. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So I think he eventually – like he reconciled with his dad, which is why his movies changed and like around Last Crusade. It's literally <laughs> yeah. about reuniting with the dad. Right. And then movies like Catch Me If You Can is basically that – same right. story, yeah. and he starts to see it more from the dad's point of view. But and I mean, I do if, Tintin. Yeah. <laughs> What's Polar Express? No, but if I was, uh, that was Zemeckis. Wow, that was uh, produced. But if I was like his dad in the eighties, I'd be like, "What, Stephen? Jeez, come on, man!" Yeah, and his dad like bought him his first like video camera or Super Eight camera or something when he was a kid, and then left. Yeah, yeah, we did leave. That's the thing. <laughs> you see, you do this like this. Let me show you how to set up a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, you mom. Do one about sharks <laughs> yeah but i also like yeah i would feel bad for him but i also think it's from the perspective of the kid where like you don't really understand whether they're like what's happening there might be blame that adults are putting on other adults but really it like to you it's just like your dad's not there you don't understand why right. yeah, yeah, yeah. you're angry and confused and you know and he makes you feel that in this movie and like so much of like the movie's so powerful because it it shows it from a kid's perspective and and it doesn't it doesn't let you you know feel comfortable with the adults we're always seeing the men especially yeah. you know from i mean well, all we see is peter coyote's crotch for the first 5 minutes of the movie <laughs> and you know the character's name in the script was crotch oh, no wait sorry keys <laughs> yeah that's right. keys yeah the jangling keys which is such a yeah. good image and you know sound a lot of crotch. 
Yeah, but uh, that's... my my face is up here, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like that's how you feel like when you're a kid. Yeah. Like you have to you have to like strain your neck to look up to. Mm-hmm. Adult men. Yeah, or if you're an alien, you just, like, raise your neck to look up at people, <laughs> which is pretty good. Those aliens have it so easy. <laughs> That's true, yeah, because you are seeing it from a kid's perspective, but also E.T.'s perspective, which is sort of the kid's Yeah, because he's kind of a short, but mm-hmm. it, shorter guy. He's really 10 million years old. What? I'm not kidding. That's in the book. He's also not a he. <laughs> So. Oh. oh, that's going to really piss Elliot off. He <laughs> seems to be really torn up about E.T.'s gender identity. Yeah. <laughs> Elliot has some really regressive uh, <laughs> Yeah, ideas. basically Peterson on, on E.T. <laughs> I will not call you Z. Z. Come on. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, E.T. is a plant, by the way. That's uh, That was in the right. first draft of the script. You're a plant, a Russian plant. <laughs> I'm recording all of this, guys, so... <laughs> Well, that sort of makes sense, but uh, yeah. it doesn't really come into the movie at all. No, no. Well, he but makes plants do stuff. He does make he makes the the flower come back to life. He also steals plants to take them back to his yeah. home world, which is like it's like is that slavery. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is worse. <laughs> Pretty sure he's picking e. flowers, kidnapping, <laughs> or slavery, or murder, or murder. Oh God, what have I done? <laughs> Cutting them off the knees. I mean. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> But he brings E.T. out to the woods so that he can set up the communicating thing, mm-hmm. and they stay out there all night, even though he, he, Elliot says that he has to go. And they have, like, a really touching moment where Elliot's like, hey, maybe you don't have to go back. And E.T.'s like, uh, I kind of do. I really like Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> But then Elliot wakes up and E.T. is gone, and uh, it's the next morning. So he runs back home, and his mom is, of course, freaking out because mm-hmm. the kid didn't come home, and she's uh, talking to the police officer. Yeah. And then they, Elliot, when he does come home, sends his older brother to go find E.T. in the woods, and he's just like leg by the river <laughs> oh, the, man. being sort of like pawed at by a raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> Some more cans of Coors just littering. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> There's like a tent under the bridge. He's like, leave me alone, kid. I'm bathing. Yeah. That would be the like like that movie Orphan. The twist is E.T.'s not an alien. He's just an odd looking man. Who... <laughs> just an alcoholic. <laughs> it's like <laughs> after your liver goes. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, he just looks like a giant liver. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely pickled himself for yeah. sure. But at this point, this is where all like the NASA people, uh, after the brother brings back E.T. and shows it to the mom, this is where all the NASA people sort of break in. And it is like scary the way that it happens. Like, oh my God. One, of the, one of them like bashes through the window <laughs> yeah. and like tries to grab somebody. 
It's like, yeah. I'm sure that's not standard NASA protocol. <laughs> John Glenn wouldn't put up with that shit. <laughs> it's so, like they, they teach you, like, how to, you know, survive in, in zero gravity, like how to brace for launch. And then, on, on, like, the third week at NASA, like, here's how you Frankenstein walk yeah. into a suburban home <laughs> should the situation arise. Oh, God. They just invite the SWAT team in to teach them how to like, yeah. urban assault. What? Like, why? Did they even I I don't remember. Did they even explain why that happened? No. <laughs> well, I mean, they're slowly like checking out the house, and they do trace them to the house. But I don't I yeah. don't see why they they're don't use the door. All the calls in the neighborhood. <laughs> they could have used the door. They could have like spoken to <laughs> the mom. Yeah. They could have used use your words, NASA. <laughs> I mean, they're taking use that, your big boy words. They're taking that alien out all the time. Like they're you know is in costume and taking the just watch, just put a car in front of the house. You don't have to, like, rush in. You can just grab the alien when it's on its way out. But also they don't, like, they're not wearing, like, hazmat suits. They're wearing, like, full, like, spacewalk suits. Yeah. What's the point of that? I have no idea because spacewalk suits, like, space suits are notoriously hard to move in. Like, yeah. the worst to move in. Like, I get they're the scariest. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But it's not, uh, And they weird. have to, like, you know, what, what's the, when the visor's, like... Uh, reflective like that, so you yeah. can't see their faces. Yeah. Like that's for like the sun, that's right? The sun. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah, for yeah. like someone's living room. Well, they're in like California. It gets pretty harsh down there. <laughs> yeah, and they're in the suits, like because hazmat suits are like supposed to be pressurized, or there's some pressurized suits so that like even if like an amoeba gets in, air will push it out. Like if you get a little puncture, but like those spacesuits aren't. Like there's no like oxygen going Maybe into them. Maybe spacesuits were just cool because they were using them in the MTV logo. <laughs> what if yeah. what if it's because oh shit. I think I know. It's because it's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> and those guys were all just coming from a party. <laughs> that makes a lot more like, sense. They're actually. not actually astronauts. They just, you know There's yeah. no reason for it. There's no reason for it. I think I'd prefer the suit with the diaper. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm going to shit my pants when I see this alien. Tell that Hands to down. Natalie Portman in that oh, movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that movie that no one saw. Yeah. I know. Very weird. But, yeah. I mean, this is the sad part of the movie because E.T. is dying and Elliot seems like he's dying. And all the NASA people, they bring in and all these medical professionals to maybe try to save him, maybe just see what the fuck is up with him. <laughs> and, you know, they know that once E.T. dies, they're going to dissect him. And... He does die. He fucking dies. Then they bring in that substitute teacher. <laughs> the only, only one in town that knows about dissecting animals. Just uh, put him in this jar with a cotton swab. <laughs> Some fluids might leak out. But... Yeah. Yeah, it, I kind of don't remember E.T. dying either. I remember E.T. being rescued. But the fact that he, like, dies is that's total loss of all hope for a kid watching this movie yeah and probably why i suppressed it in my memory well he's sort of riffing off peter pan earlier the mom Mm -hmm. is reading peter pan to uh, gertie and you know it's the part where tinkerbell dies and you have to clap to bring tinkerbell back to life and if you're in a theater where no kid clapped it just ends there (laughs) (laughs) the reels run out yeah god you know, I always, like, there was a lot of talk at the time, I think, about whether this was a Jesus thing. Right. Which Steven Spielberg said, yeah. categorically not. Yeah, he said, I'm very Jewish, and I did not make 
this yeah. movie. Is you said if I made like a Jesus allegory, my mom would have something to say about it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which yeah, yeah, is yeah. pretty funny. But and I don't, so I had always kind of been thinking about that. It didn't occur to me that it's like Tinkerbell. Yeah, which it totally mm-hmm. is. Yeah, yeah. But he comes back to life. I guess through the power of belief. I think just because the spacecraft is coming closer and there's some sort of like maybe proximity thing. It's, <laughs> it's also like it's pretty depressing if he's like 10 million years old, but he spent like one weekend in where is it like Toledo or something? <laughs> Lake <laughs> Tahoe. He, yeah, and he got got offed. That was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, well, he looks like a powdered donut when he's <laughs> dying. <laughs> That, that ain't healthy. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but they take E.T. Sorry, just to interrupt you. The funniest thing, they brought in like a real medical team to do the e- ER yeah, treatment on that's E.T. Right. George Clooney was there. <laughs> Wait, like the filmmakers did? Yeah. Like those are all doctors. Those are all medical professionals like trying to bring E.T. back to what? life. Which is – Totally crazy. We lost him. Because Spielberg was like, I wanted those like real words, those real reactions from like pressure. And it's like, you wouldn't do the same thing on a human you would do on an alien. Like those people would be like, I don't know what the fuck to do. This is an alien. Like (laughs) there's a guy that's like, give me three cc's of benzo. And I was like, why would you think anything would work? So yeah, show us how you realistically would resuscitate a scrotum alien that had just died. I know, and they're pressing on his like chest. I'm like, you don't know his heart is there. <laughs> it looks like it's in his finger. <laughs> you should be doing like, it's like the weirdest. Like they do alien autopsies to determine where the anyway. Get me the get me the people from Fox. <laughs> Oh, it was just—it was just the silliest moment of the movie. And no wonder he dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. He's like giving him saline. I'm like, maybe that's poison. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> yeah, it was just a silly scene in this. That definitely did not hold up. Yeah. Anyway, the ET is revived, and then they come up with a plan to rescue ET. Yeah, they uh, they sort of sneak him out. And uh, they got all the neighborhood kids, and uh, they all on their bikes, and uh, they all do the flying thing, which yeah. is the big. We love that's the flying sweet. thing. Yeah, Amblin Entertainment logo. <laughs> yeah. That was earlier. Yeah, that's that's yeah. when he goes. Yeah, over the moon. Over the moon. Yeah. Yeah. I never realized that he was uh, dressed as a hunchback in that logo. I forgot, or I didn't. You know, you don't see the detail when you see the logo. It's like there's a fucking hunchback on a bicycle. <laughs> 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 Okay. <laughs> no, no, I understand. I didn't even notice that either. So. <laughs> but yeah, they get E.T. back to the woods just in time as the alien spaceship comes back down and uh, Elliot says a tearful goodbye and E.T.'s like, come with? Huh? And Elliot's like, ah. I gotta look after my kids. You know, <laughs> I have some responsibilities here. No, Elliot can't go. But... In the background, you have his mom and the scientist kind of like vibing on each other a little bit. Yeah. yeah. New dad. <laughs> new dad. <laughs> I don't need you anymore, E.T. I've got a new dad now. <laughs> and he's got jangly keys. <laughs> Anyone else think the dog was going to run up and just bite E.T. and just whip him back and forth a lot? Because right? <laughs> the dog like rushes onto the spaceship after E.T. Or E.T. would just wave his finger and the dog would explode or something. <laughs> <laughs> E.T. no like dog. <laughs> so, yeah, and then E.T. flies off and that's kind of the end of the of the movie. Yeah. Oh, and there's a rainbow. And there's a rainbow. The more you know. 
yeah. is what happens <laughs> over this town. Yeah, and that wasn't the final scene in the movie. There was there was uh, more in the first draft of the script, but we'll talk about that when we come back after Ooh. this break. Oh, the, the part where Nick Fury recruits E.T. <laughs> <laughs> hey, motherfucker. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Rewatchability. We're talking about E.T. This is our 400th episode. Woo. We're having a good time. I mean, Rob is. Look at that Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I was drinking beers all day. <laughs> you know what I forgot to mention? Did you ever see the, uh, I guess, like, Coors had kind of a tie-in with the movie? Because there was a, like, uh. an ad with E.T. where he's, like, behind a bar. And he's right. like, if you've had too much to drink, phone home. And then it's like, <laughs> Coors. <laughs> right. And all the kids are like, I need to drink some Coors. Pretty much. It really worked. It really worked. <laughs> All right, I have some trivia questions for you guys. Let's do this. Uh, they're 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 all right. You answered one of them already. So was it the what was the question? The Phantom Menace question. It was uh, what galaxy does ET come from? Why? Well, oh, is it the Star Wars galaxy? It's the Star Wars galaxy. That's some its people name? say it's all, it's called GFFA for the galaxy far, far away. Oh. In Star Wars canon lore okay. talk. Yeah, it's it's weird because then he would have. The ETs would have had to not evolve for like millions of years because the Star Wars of the galaxy is anyway. It doesn't. Is there an I'm ET just... in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull as well? There, like, I think there's a hieroglyph or something. Yeah. And in the Predator universe, there's an ET on the. Well, that's not even a Spielberg movie. <laughs> no, no, he has an ET skeleton though. Uh, he's hunted them, uh, so they're easy to kill. Apparently, uh, okay. So the uh, the first question oh. I have was, ET was such a success that it became the highest grossing film of all time in 1982, and it wow. surpassed Star Wars. How long did it hold that record, and what movie surpassed it? Oh, hmm. Well, I mean, Return of the Jedi came out right after it, but <laughs> it I don't did. think Return of the Jedi made more than it did Star not. Wars. It did not. Uh, was it in the 80s? It was not. Uh-huh. I know the answer to this, oh, just because okay. I read on the you read, you read out. I'm sorry. Is it Jurassic Park? It is Jurassic Park. Oh, nice okay. job, Spielberg. Nice. Outdoing himself. There, there's also a weird thing that uh, Spielberg does really well whenever Henry Thomas is around aliens, because Fire in the Sky came out in 1993, too. Right. And Henry Thomas gets taken up by aliens in yeah. that, too. It's, it's just a weird I also weird read thing. that Henry Thomas was arrested on a DUI. <laughs> so <laughs> But it was probably, aliens, it was probably E.T.'s work. <laughs> I know. It wasn't me. I, mean, I, I didn't work all day. I don't understand. <laughs> I didn't drink a drop. 
There is a guy. Someone's in a prop department pouring alcohol into an ET. He's in a puppet. Yeah. I did read a story about a guy who uh, wasn't drinking and was becoming intoxicated for some reason, and they figured out that he'd had, like, yeast in his oh. belly or something. But why, why do I have could have feeling, been aliens. Why do I have the feeling you Googled that on the way to a trial? <laughs> <laughs> As you go by the pharmacy to pick up that yeast. Hey, hey, look who's not in jail. <laughs> As you double over in cramps, like, oh, God. Rob, Rob, why is the trunk of your car filled with bread? <laughs> it smells like yogurt in here. It's awful. All right. So this movie has a lot of links to Star Wars. We know that. Okay. But it has a lot more links, maybe. To Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, out of the following, which which is true? First one we know is true. Harrison Ford was in both. The ET was written on the set of Indiana Jones. They both movies had the same production designer. Both movies were released on the same day, years apart. They had the same composer, or all of the above. Well, it's probably all of the above because it, obviously it has the same composer. That's, That's true. The same composer. Yeah. And well, I know that Spielberg pitched the movie to Melissa Matheson who wrote it because she was married to Harrison Ford. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So those two are true. And those are the ones that are true out of them. The other ones weren't. The other ones are not true. Those are those yeah. are Blaine fabrications. They were they were red herrings. Don't you dare try to trick me you again. did not <laughs> fall for. <laughs> <laughs> you did not fall for. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Melissa Maston uh, married Harrison Ford. Yeah. For a little while in the 90s. Yeah. 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 Now they're she not. Did, she did a good job. Yeah. I, th- I thought that she had pitched it to Spielberg, but I guess he came up with the story and, and, and she wrote it. He did come up with the story. He kind of dictated what he had of the story and then she went away and wrote it. And she came up with some of the powers for E.T. by asking Harrison Ford's kids what what would you want and the one that like there the flying was one and all that stuff but the one that she mm-hmm. liked the most was uh, being able to heal and she was and she interrogated that and the kids were like well like I get hurt and I don't want to hurt anymore so she was like oh you want to be cure of the ouchies and so that was kind of what the and that's how she created Wolverine <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was pretty cool uh, the control of E.T. was done by two unnamed little people uh, unfortunately and then in some scenes, God, this is – I had to fact check this because it seems – the boy with no legs? Yes. <laughs> I wrote about this. This is in my notes. It's a boy with no legs. Well, okay, they put the, him into the costume upside down. <laughs> yeah, they put him in a costume upside down. Just why? Just leave him alone, Spielberg. But, but he, wouldn't you rather have no legs and be in a Steven Spielberg movie than have legs and not be in a Steven Spielberg this movie? This is the worst would you rather. It's the worst. Well, here's the craziest thing about that, though, because I wrote about this years ago, and I had always read all the articles I'd read that in were like, here's a heartwarming story. Like, <laughs> E.T. was a 12 year old boy in some shots, and it was a, a little boy who was born with no legs. And right. I thought, oh, that's, that is a really nice story. And then I started reading about it, and it was because the only reason they cast him was because the little people that were in the costume were too old to do it, to, to like fall over. So the little boy's oh only. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's only in the suit. When E.T. E. gets pen. hurt. <laughs> so no, like the scene, no. the scene where E.T. gets drunk and falls over, yeah. that's, that's the boys. <laughs> Anytime when, when they didn't want to like kill an elderly uh, little person. 
is is this, this boy. Is, this is the worst. I retract my statement. <laughs> I, and, and they're in a padded costume, too. They must have been really old. Like, I just feel so bad for everyone that was in that E.T. suit. Wow. I mean, if you if it wasn't Steven Spielberg, would that ever have happened when any parent let so, let someone take their child, put them in a rubber alien costume and pretend to be drunk? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. There was also uh, 12 crew members operating... Uh, the animatronics in E.T. at all times, and they would fail often, which I think Spielberg's used to animatronics failing on him <laughs> a lot from Jaws. But it, uh, yeah, it it happened a lot. Apparently for every crew member operating one thing in his face, they'd have to do kind of three takes for each crew member. So sometimes it would be up to like 30 or 40 takes. For oh, God. Remove, and like when E.T. had to talk, that was even worse. So it was in the in the higher double digits for that. <laughs> but it just sounds like a nightmare on set. Yeah. Originally, he was very well-spoken. <laughs> then they had to really dumb him down. They were like, phone home. Yeah. <laughs> Originally, he was like, you know, I think I'd like to communicate with my people and perhaps return to my homeland. <laughs> they like, here, okay, have some Coors. <laughs> he was like, ah, phone home. <laughs> um, John Williams did the score. He won an Oscar for the score as well, which is pretty great. Undeserved. <laughs> Guy's but, a hack. But there was a moment near the end of this film because you do uh, a, a final cut before like, you lock the picture and then you do music over it and John Williams just couldn't get it. So apparently – so Spielberg was like, I'll fix it. And he let Williams just compose it like he would in front of a live audience without looking at the movie and then he recut it to the – to the music. Composed in front of a live audience. Well, uh, like... Conducted. Conducted. Thank you. Thank you. No one can see me doing the conducting motions. Baton. Oh, yeah. So what was the uh, the scene, the final scene that was deleted? Oh, the final scene that was deleted was Elliot. In the, in the first little part, he couldn't uh, join their um, team. What do you call it? Uh, the Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. Yeah. Squad. There's a, there's a name for that, right? I think it's just that. I don't, know. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. There's a name for it. I should play that game. But... No, no, no. This movie proved that the only thing cooler than playing Dungeons and Dragons is not playing Dungeons and Dragons. You find a fucking alien. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Take that, nerds. <laughs> but the end scene in this movie was going to be the communication device kind of on the roof, oh. still communicating with ET from afar, and then Elliot coming down from the roof and um, starting a campaign. With his guys and him, him like uh, owning the campaign and like but being he would the be the master. dungeon master. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So it was like come full circle. He's like, yeah, I, you know, all the kids respect me now because I had an alien. So that was a deleted scene. You didn't need it. It was fantastic to well, watch. I feel like away. I needed it. Yeah, yeah, I felt unresolved about <laughs> the Dungeons and the Dragons. DMD, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, was this advanced Dungeons and Dragons or regular Dungeons and Dragons? Is there a difference? I, I, I didn't know. I had to look up the word campaign, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Who got to be Jeremy Irons? <laughs> I've only seen the movie. <laughs> um, E.T.'s voice was done by a lot of, like, this would be done in Jurassic Park, too, a bunch of different animals and things all together. Right. But uh was done by um, this... First done by a, a voice actor named Pat Walsh, who was like an avid smoker and oh, had yeah. destroyed their voice. <laughs> and she was paid 
like $300 to do the voice. Wow. I know. It kind of sucks. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then Deborah Winger did another pass on the voice. Oh, yeah. That's what I'd heard before. Yeah, Deborah which Winger. is really weird. She'd never, she'd never seen the movie to this day. Anything she's involved in, she never watches. So she doesn't know that E.T. sounds like Pat Walsh. But like, Deborah, don't you want to rehearse before you come in? No. <laughs> I'll wing it. Oh, God. Cut that She's out. a real winger. She's a real winger. Um, they put her through the winger. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Steven Spielberg even added some vocals to it. Ben Burt, the uh, SF uh, creator, also used his sleeping wife. Uh, she talked in her sleep. And she had a cold, so she like talked like this in her sleep, and he recorded that, which sounds... Seems a little mean uh, to me. And wow. uh, and then he also used, apparently, the last sound effect he used was a burp from his prof at USC, uh, which is... A very educated burp. <laughs> it was a very educated burp. So next we're going to find out that he created, like, the lightsaber from, like, yeah. his kid farting or something. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. His own vomiting after drinking too many Coors. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, there was a movie before... E.T. called Night Skies, written by John Sayles, and it featured a farmhouse. There was an alien invasion, and a lot like signs, like pretty much signs to the T. And then there was a little kid, an autistic little kid in the farmhouse, and there was one small child alien that that was like part of the invasion, but like wasn't hurting anyone, and they became friends. And so Steven Spielberg was trying to make this movie for a while. And even uh, Rick Baker was on board to do the monsters of, of the, the aliens, the E.T. monsters. And then uh, it all fell through and Steven Spielberg was like, well, I like that little boy and the aliens. So I'm going to use that to like make another movie. Yeah. Well, did you hear about the other movie that it the alien? supposedly ripped off? The alien, the Sajid Ray one? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had to look up how to pronounce that name. Sajid Ray. Yeah. Yeah. In 1967, he wrote that script. And he got Arthur C. Clarke to try to put it around Hollywood and there was another guy his friend a, another Hollywood person he like gave the script to and that guy ran out and promptly uh, copyrighted it as himself hmm. a, as the main writer and uh, and Ray is the second which is like that's shitty first of all <laughs> and then the movie had some cool people attached like uh, Brando was attached. And Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers yeah. was attached. Wow. It was going to be made, and then it all fell through, and and the script was passed around, and they tried to make it in the 70s again, and the 80s, and it never got made, and then E.T. was made, and that guy, Ray, was they really turned upset. It into Mac and Me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he was really upset because he was like, that's my fucking script on screen. Yeah. And, hmm. uh, and Spielberg was like, I was 10 when that script was circulating. Like, or I was in high school when that script was Yeah, because they like sold it to Columbia or something, and then E.T. was in development yeah. there at one point. It was, and Columbia passed on it to do Starman instead. Because they were like, we want, we only want one alien movie. It's called this year. Sexy E.T. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Which was the lesser alien movie for sure. I, I do like Starman quite a bit. I haven't seen it in ages. We may, we should do it in a podcast. Yeah, I, I will say I've actually read the Sajid Ray uh, have you script? Yeah, because I was going to write a thing about like movies that were ripoffs of other movies. Yeah, and. Uh, 
the it's not I couldn't find it online or anything, but they had a copy at the reference library. Oh wow! Uh, so I went down to the reference library and I read this thing, and uh, this was years ago. But I don't. It has Reese's Pieces. <laughs> that has Peter Coyote's crotch. <laughs> no, it was. I found it to be so dissimilar that I didn't end up using it. Oh, okay. It's got a similar setup, and it's got a thing where the alien like affects plant life, like plant life like makes a flower grow or something. Oh, that's really similar. Yeah, but apart from that, like the story was so different. Do you that... like remember it enough to give us like a logline of the story? No, no, no. no. Okay. I, I yeah, I remember like the kid being less of a focal point mm. than like I don't think you really saw it through his point of view in the same way. Yeah, I don't really remember, but I I, I do remember. I, like I I totally get why he would see the success of ET and think right. this could have come from my idea. But looking at the two stories, like point by point, I don't think any of the story beats felt right. familiar. Uh, from what I remember of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Steven Spielberg originally wanted this to be a horror film. Isn't that the case? Like, well, the yeah. The Night Skies or whatever it was was more of like a horror It film. was a horror film, yeah. And then I heard that like he decided to make this a family-friendly version and then moved all the horror elements into Poltergeist, which he did at the same fucking time. Yeah. He did them both at the same time. He said that Poltergeist was the suburban nightmare and this was the suburban dream. Which was also kind of, a nightmare. <laughs> it is yeah, kind of it was nightmare. <laughs> um, and he also said that this was a direct response to NASA canceling the space program mm. um, at the time. <laughs> no he was wonder. like, "Fuck you, NASA! I'm going to make you look like shit." Yeah. Well, yeah, that explains everything. It does. It does. And he wanted he wanted to create wonder in children, but like give NASA a good a good check, like be like, "You should be doing this," you know. So that was pretty interesting because the wonder is definitely. There and I mean, what is what Spielberg is known for? I think so. The other thing was a a sequel that Messon and uh, Spielberg outlined like a week before the release of this movie, and it it is back to its horror roots. It's a uh, it's huh. a horror film again. It is Night Skies. <laughs> yeah, was it also called Night Skies or Nocturnal Dreams or something like it? Nocturnal Emissions is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like uh, Elliot just grew up a couple years <laughs> and is going through something. But yeah, it, it's aliens land as a result of ET's ongoing like their ongoing communications. Elliot and ET, oh. um, and these other aliens land, and they are chalk white versions of E.T. that evolved differently and are evil and E.T.'s are good. And so I think Zrek was E.T.'s name. Shrek? Did you say Shrek? <laughs> I said, said, uh, said Drek, which is what this uh, sequel is going to be. No, I, it's, it's weird because E.T. is like the savior figure in this. Like basically the bad aliens come down the kids get kidnapped by the bad aliens and interrogated in like this crazy light room and they literally probe there are them four lights they uh, they torture them and they uh, and they like lock them up and the parents have to like go contact ET from the satellite thing on top of the house and they're together the the man the mom at the end keys and and, and the mom and uh yeah, and it's a very Wait, short... they're together like a couple? Yeah, no. yeah. So he added like the key to her house to... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the key to her heart, Jam. Oh. And the key to her heart. And so they 
just wait for E.T. to come. And then E.T. comes and, like, comes in, like, kills all the aliens and rescues the kids and then programs their spaceship <laughs> to explode once he gets to space. <laughs> and then goes back on his own ship and leaves again. <laughs> like, what? What is a sequel? It was... I loved I, I loved reading it. I loved reading it. It was so crazy. You can read it online if, if you if you want. Wow. But yeah, the kids are tortured. <laughs> like, why would you do that to ET? And Spielberg said they didn't make it because he wanted. This is a direct Children quote. To sleep at night. <laughs> he wanted to pr- preserve the original ET's virginity. That's the direct what? quote that he used. Oh man, <laughs> which what? is just what, this what? also is weird to this. What did he do after he blew up the ship? <laughs> No, like E.T. just went home. I could tell E.T. was horny, though, because when Halloween comes around, he, like, looks up the mom, like, okay, here we go. (laughs) Buckle up. I got notes, too. Yes. E.T. was totally horny. (laughs) Of course he was. So there was a deleted subplot from this movie where E.T. has a crush on the mom. Oh, my God. I am not kidding. Oh, that makes the dad thing even, like, more of a theme. Totally. And gross. Uh, (laughs) So it was cut out of the movie. You can still see some photos from some of the scenes, which is creepy. But luckily, there's a kissing scene. <laughs> no, there's like I remember there's one shot where he's like watching her sleep, and she's like, I think she's naked. It's oh I'm not joking. God. Google it. Uh, but like, just puts in no. Get, don't don't no. go there. Yeah, so all of that was deleted for good reason from the movie, but it thankfully exists in the novelization. Because, you know, the novelizations, to crank them out, they would have to write the book based on the script. First drafts. Yeah, Yeah. so all of that's still in the book, uh, E.T., The Extraterrestrial and His Adventures on Earth by William Kotzwinkle, (laughs) which sounds like an alias, but it's it's a real man. Oh, my God. Lance, Uh, funny names. Yeah. So he refers to the mom as... A goddess, the most beautiful thing he'd ever seen, and he calls her the willow creature. Okay. Okay, mm. just remember that for a second. <laughs> because of willow? So he's also like 10 million years old, so he's an adult, so we get all of his, like, he can't express that because he doesn't speak English, but we get his <laughs> internal monologue in the book. Oh, no. Where he says things like, <laughs> he says, how ironic it was that the willow creature, the lovely Mary, pined for her vanished husband while in a closet close at hand dwelt one of the finest minds of the cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Meaning, like, why is, he, why is she all bent out of shape about this guy in Mexico when, like, E.T.'s hiding out in her house and he's down to fuck? This is the, like— E.T. The... doesn't have a dick. E.T. was an incel. That's amazing. <laughs> he's like, oh, no. That's how E.T. became the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, why is she after this guy when I'm over here? Then so the, funny. Then the worst part, at one point, I think it's when uh, E.T. is sick. Elliot brings him into the shower to, like, try to revive him or something. Okay. So so Gets... he feels the water hit him and then says, ah, yes, the shower where the willow creature dances. So E.T.'s been peeping on the mom in the shower. Oh. Jesus Christ. So that's... The stuff I had about the mom, the Harrison Ford as the principal scene Mm. is still in the book, which is like fine. I think he's just mad about the whole frog thing. But I don't think this is from the script. I think this is the author like (laughs) putting this in. But (laughs) there's a reference to the fact that the principal is new because the old principal was, quote, a sexual offender, (laughs) retired early after several private incidents in the supply closet became public. What the fuck? Why would you put that in the book of E.T.? This is a kid's book. What the 
fuck? <laughs> that that's honestly a thing in this book. Anyway, and oh, here's the crazy part. Spielberg loved this book so much what that he asked when no movie sequel was happening clearly he asked this Kotzwinkle guy to write a sequel so there's a book sequel it's like the official sequel to E.T. called E.T. and the Book of the Green Planet so I read some of that too uh, a few years ago and uh that opens with E.T. going back to his planet where he basically has to go to court or their like version of court and explain how, how, yeah, <laughs> how messed up things got on Earth. And they, they said uh, – I went to a green planet. Now I'm back. So one of the E.T. says, and what form of enlightenment did you give these young rulers? Meaning like the fam- family yeah. he's with. And he says, we drank beer and stole things. The police chased us and many objects in our way got creamed. What? That, that's what E.T. said. That's what E.T. sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a horrible teenager. And then so like the plot is basically E.T. realizes that his planet kind of sucks and he just wants to go back to Earth. Yeah. Which kind of under, undercuts the <laughs> the whole story of the first movie. And he's Jesus also – You don't have beer on this planet. I know, right? <laughs> and you can't he, cream anything on this planet. He keeps trying to communicate with Elliot telepathically, but Elliot's not getting the messages because he's going through puberty. <laughs> and he keeps, like, gawking at girls and not noticing E.T.'s <laughs> messages. And then at one point, <laughs> when E.T. realizes he's going through puberty, he says, Elliot's becoming the most terrible thing of all, man. <laughs> uh, so that's that. Jesus Christ. Wow. That's. Uh, I mean uh, – I think I got my pick for book club. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we talked about most of the other stuff I wanted to talk about. Oh, except for uh, – did you guys ever watch the, like, DVD special edition with – With the guns? With the walkie-talkies instead no. of the guns? No, but he – like, Spielberg re- reversed his stance on that. He spent, like, $100,000. Yeah, he put the guns back in. Yeah, and then he put yeah. the guns back in. Well, that's the great thing. That, you know, that's why I watched it when it came out he on the Blu-ray. made bigger. <laughs> 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 it was sponsored by the NRA. Yeah. <laughs> no, he uh, recanted. So that's why that's why I watched the Blu-ray when it came out because yeah, because had all the guns and stuff back in. But I watched. I went on because I'd never seen the DVD. I remember a friend of ours had bought it. I bought the DVD like twentieth anniversary, and they didn't really. I think they may have said like, "Oh, some things are enhanced," but they didn't really specify right just how much of it. And I went I went online, and you can watch like the comparisons on YouTube and. It's not just the walkie-talkies replacing the guns. It's like a crazy amount of stuff. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. It's uh, like a lot of the shots of E.T. were CGI. Like his uh, – especially his facial reactions are a lot uh, more cartoonish. Oh. Because I guess like maybe he found the animatronics hard. So he sure. so he's very like kind of plasticky and yeah. and yeah, it's really – Unpleasant, and the the ship is different. His spaceship is different. Uh, the color correction looks different. He just replaces random. I, shots. I love the spaceship and the like that, that bell. Like it just looks so different than every other saucer, mm-hmm. everything else out there. It's similar in the DVD, but it's not exactly the same. And it also yeah. just has a completely different kind of color palette. Uh, yeah. That shot, it's really weird. And, like, they literally replaced, like, the moon shot, like, the famous Amblin shot. Yeah. I think it's because of that costume because he's not – he doesn't have, like, his costume on in that – in the shot they used in the movie. And this they, like, recreated it and he has a cape and stuff. Weird. It's it's so weird. It's – 
it's crazy. But yeah, you're right. He he said he regretted it later, which yeah. is why the Blu-ray is is the original movie. Yeah. Oh, and they also took out when uh, who is it says penis breath? Drew Barrymore. No, it was one of the other yeah, kids, one of the yeah. other kids. Uh, they calls the out. other kid penis breath. I think they took that out in the DVD <laughs> and put it back in. The people demanded penis breath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the kid didn't want to say it. The kid thought it was unrealistic, and the other kids didn't talk like that because I think he was raised homeschooled or something. I don't know. Yeah. But he he said the Spielberg convinced him to say it by saying, "Oh, these are two anatomically correct words. Like you're not saying any slang words. You're saying penis and breath." Which are, and he's like, "All right." That's how kids talk. Like that's yeah. the, that's what makes the movie feel especially so especially after this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Spielberg is like he regretted something else in this movie too. Drew Barrymore was forgetting her lines and not getting her lines, and he fucking flipped out on her at set. Oh, really? Yeah, he yelled at her until she cried. Yeah, but she was high. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but then he broke down too after he yelled at her and made her cry and was like, "Go home," and I'm sorry, and they hugged it out. But I was like, what kind of monster? <laughs> he yelled at Drew Barrymore as a kid. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it just, yeah. I was just like he's not James Cameron. I... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. In, did you guys see the video? We might put it up of Elliot's audition of the uh, Henry Thomas's audition. No, it's an infamously amazing audition. They do this kind of improv where the guy's like, "I'm going to take ET away." And uh, there's nothing you can do about it. And Elliot, like, starts crying immediately and is like, no, you can't take him away. And this whole conversation, it's it's an amazing clip because right at the end, Spielberg goes, you got it, kid. You got it. It's yours. The job's yours. Like, right after. He didn't have to wow. think about it. It was just such a good audition. He, he gave <laughs> Just it to after I go through these other four auditions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Feldman, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was supposed to be in the movie as yeah. an older brother, but, yeah, didn't do it. I There's too many, like offshoots in the movie to talk about but there was et serial you guys remember that i feel like that was even still in stores when no when we were kids yeah i don't know maybe i just had a store that <laughs> we stocked the shelves <laughs> this expired in 1988 <laughs> and the other big one i wanted to mention was the ride did Ooh, you guys ever go on the ride no. at universal studios no did you did you ever like read about it or no. look at pictures no. oh it's because i never got to go on it but i remember i had friends that did and okay. it sounded Amazing, because you're basically on a bicycle. Oh, sweet! And you go through the town, and there's like, you're in the forest, and there's cop cars, and so I've watched videos since. And then, at a certain point, like when the music soars, like the bikes fly into the air, and because I guess you know it's yeah, you're hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, so, and then you fly. <laughs> in this version, you fly all the way to ET's planet. He abducts you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you go to the ET planet where uh, all the ETs are like waving at you and stuff. And then the real sort of gimmick of it was on your way into the ride, you uh, tell them what your name is, mm. and they. Uh, so at the end, like as you're leaving, like robot ET is like, "Good to see you, Blaine." Or, you know, <laughs> whatever obscene right. word you yeah, exactly. you told them was your name on the way in. <laughs> Penis breath. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a lot of like, yeah, little things, um, alternate castings, all stuff. But there's so many, and uh, we just run this into the ground. I think. Yeah, Mac and Me. Yeah. Does Mac and Me hold up? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And French fries also hold up. (laughs) Well, that's it for our 400th episode. That's not it because we have to talk about whether you think it's rewatchable. And I just almost skipped over on the 400th episode. The whole reason why we did this show. So, Rob, do you think E.T. is rewatchable? 
Yeah, it's E.T. Okay. Uh, it's great. Good. Jam? Yeah. Yeah, me too. It's E.T. It's E.T. There's some weirdnesses, and I'm glad they took out the whole sexual subplot with E.T. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't – it's not one of my favorites, but it's it, it's got so much good stuff in there. Yeah. It's yeah. so heartfelt and – like no other movie really gives it from the perspective of the kids the same way. I don't think. Mm. Like it feels, you know, Monster very Squad. authentic. <laughs> Fuck Monster Squad. <laughs> and like you said, like it's scary and it's you know depressing. And they they, they show the I could go back to the mom. They show the mom in a real state of like emotional turmoil. Like they bring you down to the gritty lows of reality before they you know take you to the highs of you know flying on the bikes and stuff and that's yeah. what that's what makes those scenes so great is that you're you are very grounded in this movie before before all the fantastical things happen yeah and i i think it's really clever the way they do it just from a screenwriting perspective to have like the aliens land and launch but like the catalyst that starts the whole movie off is um, et and uh, elliot meeting and that doesn't happen until we introduce the entire family and like mm-hmm. it's 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 not that E.T. lands in like halfway – like 10 minutes in and that's what starts the thing. I, I just really liked that. I thought it was a, a really good bit of screenwriting. Yeah. All right. So this is officially the end. Thank you so much for uh, listening to us and we'll talk to you next week. We'll be in your, your earbuds next week. And in the meantime, you can check us out on Twitter and Facebook and go to T Public and buy a T-shirt and – if you can't afford to be a Patreon supporter and go to patreon.com slash rewatchability, just tell a friend about it, you know? Maybe even yeah. phone phone home. Tell your parents. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> They'll love this. Mom, you have to listen <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they told me to tell you. Thank you so much for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 